This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Transducers in Invasive Pressure Monitoring by Dr. James DiNardo. Hi, my name is Jim DiNardo. I'm a professor of anesthesia at Harvard Medical School and one of the um, cardiac ICU attendings here at Children's Hospital Boston. Today I'm going to be talking about uh, invasive monitoring, specifically arterial pressure monitoring and central venous pressure monitoring. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, transducers and how they work. Transducers. Transducers are a system that converts a mechanical signal, which in this case, in the case of pressure monitoring, both for arterial lines and central venous pressure lines, is a pulsatile um, signal and it's converted through the transducer and then um, through this cable uh, converted to a digital signal, a pressure waveform, which is what you see on the monitor. And we're, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about electronically how that works, but um, suffice it to say that in order for a transducer to work, it has to be connected by a continuous column of fluid to the um, fluid in the patient's body in the system that you're um, monitoring, ideally with no bubbles in it. Because as we'll talk about, um, the presence of bubbles in the transducer system degrades the um, conversion of the pressure signal uh, to the um, electronic signal that we see on the monitor by damping out the uh, pulses in the system. So. Um, we have this continuous volume of fluid, and we have um, the transducer generally hooked to a flush system. In this case, uh, this is um, normal saline with a little bit of heparin added, running at about 3 mLs an hour, which is pretty typical. And that may vary um, from institution to institution. And that's just a volume of fluid necessary to um, keep the system uh, free of clot and um, to prevent uh, any thrombus forming on the ends of the catheters, which will also degrade the quality of the system and obviously uh, creates a potential risk to the patient. Zeroing the transducer. When you zero a transducer, basically what you're doing is telling the transducer system and um, subsequently the monitor um, that the um, pressure being sent to the transducer is basically atmospheric pressure. So the way that's typically done is that we take the transducer and we turn the stopcock off towards the patient so that the only pressure the transducer is seeing now is atmospheric pressure. And that's the circumstance under which we zero a transducer. That tells the transducer to discount any other pressure except the atmospheric pressure in the room. And ideally the transducer would be here at the level of the patient's heart or near the level of the patient's heart. 
So once the transducer is zeroed, we now have this continuous column of fluid from the patient vessel, in this case the artery, to the transducer. And as a consequence of that, we would get a reliable trace here of the arterial blood pressure. Importance of placement. The other important thing to keep in mind is that once the transducer is appropriately zeroed to atmosphere, where it lies relative to the patient will influence the pressure that we see on the screen. So, for example, um, we know um, exactly um, how much pressure a column of saline exerts in terms of millimeters of mercury. So, one centimeter of water is equivalent to about 0.8 millimeters of mercury. And, it, and just keep that number in mind, because what that means is that if I had zero this transducer, and I take it and I drop it down below the patient, the patient's arterial blood pressure is going to rise in millimeters of mercury, and that is both the systolic and the diastolic and the mean blood pressure, by an amount equal to the weight, if you will, of this column of fluid. So if I take the transducer and I drop it five inches below the patient, that's equal to about nine millimeters of mercury or pr of pressure. So this transducer now, which was zero to atmosphere, is now seeing the patient's arterial pressure plus the weight of this column of fluid nine or, or five inches or so below the patient. And obviously, if I lower it even further, I'm going to increase the weight of this column of fluid, and the pressure is going to be even higher. By the same token, if I take the transducer and put it up here, I'm now going to lower the patient's arterial pressure by a quantity equal to this column of fluid again, but in the other direction. So the point being that the patient's arterial pressure now to reach the transducer has to overcome the pressure loss generated by raising the height of the transducer. And in this case, if I raise it up five or so inches, I'm going to lower the patient's arterial blood pressure by about nine or so millimeters of mercury. Now, with an A-line, that might not be so important. I mean, if your arterial blood pressure is 100 and I drop the transducer on the floor, I may raise your arterial blood pressure by, say, 15 or 20 millimeters of mercury, which is substantial, um, but n not a huge amount. Where it becomes more important is the central venous pressure transducer. If I'm dealing with a pressure of 9 millimeters of mercury and the transducer is down below the patient that same distance, and I add 9 millimeters of mercury now to the number I'm seeing here, in essence, I've increased the patient's CVP erroneously by 100%. The point being that the position of a transducer is important in both instances, but when you're measuring pressure in low-pressure systems, such as the CVP, it really makes an enormous difference. And if you're using the CVP to make clinical decisions, there's a big difference between a CVP of 9 and a CVP of 18, 
So it's important to remember that if I had zero this transducer and I take it and I drop it down below the patient or if I raise it above the patient, it would give you an inaccurate pressure measurement. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org. Thank you.